Hi, this is Matt Welsh with Spiritual Media Blog, and today I'm here with Cynthia Littman. Cynthia is a co-founder of the Spiritual Cinema Circle, a blogger at mamaspearls.blogspot.com, and an entertainment lawyer with a niche in spiritual entertainment and social enterprises. Cynthia, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on. Very excited to be here, and I love what you're doing within the spiritual media space. Oh, thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you become an entertainment lawyer with a niche in spiritual entertainment? Okay, so um, so traveling back down the road, um, I always knew from a, like a very young age when my parents first took me to the movies and I saw The Color Purple, and I had a really deep, profound effect from that film. Um, it was my first real emotional experience that I had in watching the film, and I was probably way too young to see it at the time, but I walked out of there knowing that I was going to be working in the entertainment medium, not knowing exactly which direction that was going to take me, but I just kept following that lead. And I used to always say that I'm going to meet and work with Steven Spielberg. And so the years went on. I got various um, internships and jobs within the entertainment industry, working on the talent side in a talent agency and also in a recording studio. Um, And then when I was in college, I started to narrow down my focus and realize that I truly did enjoy learning. And I wanted to continue on with that because I didn't feel like I learned enough, enough yet in college. And I was taking legal study classes at the time, and I continued to do well in them. And they um, they happened to coincide with my schedule because all the legal studies classes were offered like at night. <laughs> so at the time, I was I was more into being nocturnal than waking up at nine in the morning and going to like science classes. So I followed I followed my my guidance to say, okay, you need to take nighttime legal studies classes. You know, again, I was doing well in them. I minored in psychology as well as in theater arts, and I just loved the whole space of of putting together um, entertainment and law. And I just knew going into law school when I applied that that's what I was going to focus on. And and in law school, I really just tried to take as many entertainment-related classes as possible. I took copyright. I took all, like, the IP classes. I took publishing law. Um, I took copyright law. I took, there was an entertainment law, which was all entertainment contracts. And I really went in just knowing that that's what I wanted to do. And when I was in in law school the first summer out, I remember walking into the career services office. All my friends and other people had already secured jobs and doing summer associate positions. And it was summertime already, and I walked in to career services, and not within five minutes of being there, a fax came in, and the woman who was running the office said, is anybody here interested in entertainment law? We just got a position, yeah. And um, it wound up being an independent producer slash um, entertainment lawyer. And I wound up working with him like through law school, and it was an amazing experience for me because it was, he was a solo practitioner and he produced his own films. 
So he did documentaries, he did commercials, all sorts, and also features. So I got to really see everything. Um, when you work in a larger environment, you, you're only like given access to snippets at a time. And I really got to see everything at once and have my hands on both doing production work as well as doing the legal work for the productions and the distribution of, of his films. So that was just a great environment for me to, to work in throughout law school. And then when I graduated law school, I knew I didn't want to go into a big firm. Um, and when you know you don't want to go into a big firm, it kind of narrows down the focus to um, I either want it to be in a small law firm environment or in, in-house in a production company. And um, excuse me one second. <clears throat> Sorry. And... I um, It took me about a year to find a job between law school and where I, I wound up. I did various temp positions, all, again, all over the entertainment industry. I also worked a little bit in financial, which, I, I mean, one day in, in working in the financial world, I knew it was not for me. And, um, and eventually I found myself um, responding to an ad that says, um, free movies. And the, the the job description was actually from um, New Line Cinema. And I wound up having my interview at New Line Cinema the same day that I got engaged. And um, I just knew it was I just knew it was right. So I began working at New Line Cinema at the time where they just been acquired by um, AOL Time Warner. They had that whole merger going on. And, you know, first couple of months in was a huge rental layoffs in the company. So I really got a huge taste of what corporate life was in a big, you know, in a big company that had um, a public company as its parent company. And um, and it was also the time when they were gearing up for Lord of the Rings. It was before the first Lord of the Rings film came out. And so I was, like, thrown into doing um, merchandising and licensing deals for trademark issues. And I was just trying to be such a sponge. You know, I felt that New Line was such a great environment um, for me to really get an insight as to what it really takes to run a production company, to run a company, and also to understand, like, the mentality of each of the d different departments, which, you know, you don't really see as up close and personal when you're working in a law firm and just servicing a client. And to me, it was just such a wonderful apprenticeship and exposure. And I worked at New Line for about four years. And in my fourth year, I, I, came, across, um, I came across an ad in, like, the Learning Annex lecture series that said, Mystical Movie Messages That Inspire Our Lives, that was being given by Stephen Simon. And it was the first time where it really clicked for me that there was a space for mystical movies. And Stephen was at the time going around the country giving these talks and lectures and basically introducing the public to the world of spiritual cinema. And he was working with a very good friend of mine, um, Lisa Scheiderman at the time, to help launch the brand of spiritual cinema as its own genre. And I was just like, it just bells started ringing in my head. I, I went to the went to the um, went to the lecture, wound up connecting with a bunch of people there who I still talk to today. And I spoke, was talking to Stephen afterwards. I bought his book, and he was like, "Come on, my my telecall. We do telecalls about 
um, people interested in getting more involved with spiritual cinema, whether you're an artist or on the business end, and um, <clears throat> we'll basically support you through it. So I went on the call and wound up, again, connecting with other people on the call who I'm still in contact with today and wound up really, really connecting with Stephen and became his personal attorney. And um, and through that, we got to do such, you know, such projects as Indigo, which was the, the, the film based on um, James Twyman's work and about Indigo children in the world. And that was really my first exposure to the larger world of um, of the spiritual luminaries. I mean, I've done a lot of spiritual work all through growing up, um, but it was the first time I really, you know, was working within that space and with those people as partners. So about, um, I'm not sure, you know, exactly like the timeline, but Stephen's good friend is Dr. Gay Hendricks, who him and his wife are best-selling relationship authors and have been in the transformative relationship space for over 30 years. And aside from running their institute and doing workshops and seminars all over the world, Gay is also like a perpetual entrepreneur. And he came up with the idea of doing a DVD of the month club for spiritual health. So it was um, it was Stephen, myself, Gay, Katie, and um, Arielle Ford, who's a big-time publicist in the spiritual author space, um, who basically got together to form the Spiritual Cinema Circle. And from there, it's just my, my whole career and purpose just came into alignment in that I knew that if I'm going to be working in, in an entertainment or at all in law, um, I really wanted to work in the space that was creating positive inspiring films to put out into the world to help transform consciousness. That sounds great. That really sounds like a very fascinating and productive background. Um, how has your interest in spirituality influenced the way you practice law, for example, how you negotiate contracts or draft agreements? That is a very, very fair question, especially coming from a fellow lawyer yourself who I know is is young in the field and um you know, you're you're crafting around with with doing your writing and exposing um, you know, the, from the inside out the spiritual media universe. Um and that was something that I wrestled with, especially when I was younger and working in this space with with much more experienced people and also much more, quote, spiritual people, was how to keep that integrity in alignment with the business world because the whole concept of business is nothing is personal. You do what you have to do. It's much more cutthroat than where, you know, when you're working from a spiritual space where you're trying to create um, to create harmony and win-win situations. And I will not say that it's been all easy. I've certainly hit some interesting bumps in the road, but I try to I try to keep myself aligned in the face of when I'm doing business deals, it really is to bridge people together for the greater good of whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and most of my dance is managing people's expectations around the deals that they're entering into. And the one thing for me that I built up with my clients is a certain level of trust that I will handle I will handle that and not only competent in getting the work done, but I'll handle it from a respectful place. 
Now, the one thing, though, that I will say about having your clients trust is that trust is not enough. You still need, like, the information. And I used to always get, well, I, I trust you completely. I'm like, well, that's nice. I still need, like, the facts and the data so I know what your expectations are going into the field so you're not disappointed later. So it's a, that's a really hard balance. Um, conflicts, conflicts usually arise because of miscommunication. One party was expecting one thing and it turned out to be another way. And that's really the hardest part is just to help a person um, understand and kind of meet in the middle. Um, and, and that's a delicate dance that I'm constantly learning how to do and, and improving in my practice. You know, there's a reason why the practice of law is considered the practice of law. Um, but I really try and always hold like that, that higher places that we're all, you know, we're all coming to this table because we want to be here and we all want something out of it. Let's make sure everybody's as happy as possible in that space, but also being realistic to what the business expectations are. Um, who you know? Who are car- who's carrying the most responsibility? Who's paying for it? And basically, give credit to all those aspects. Well, that's great to hear. It's really good to hear that there are attorneys and lawyers out there who are able to um, manage their clients with integrity and incorporate their interest in spirituality into their work. Um, how about I, cer- I certainly, I certainly try. And you know, what? it's not only easy. And I want to say. One more thing about that is, like, most of my clients know that I'm going to make them work on their stuff. You know, it's basically an evolution process that we that we both go through together. Um, you know, I'm not done learning what I need to learn here, and neither are my clients. So, you know, I basically, when you engage me as your lawyer, like, that, that's part of what we're going to be doing together. That sounds like a good plan and way to approach things. How about some of the projects or movies you've been able to work on? Do you have any uh, favorite movies or projects you've been able to work on? Yeah, I mean, working on the spiritual cinema circle just in and of itself was was such a feat for me. I mean, I basically came out, I had four years' experience at at New Line and just got thrown into this environment and, um, you know, thrown into an environment from coming from a department of legal and business professionals working on tasks together to basically being the only one handling all the legal issues and all, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff and setting up the templates and working in areas I hadn't um, worked on before. So, you know, it really was um, it was really a time for me to get over whatever whatever fears or hesitations I had because I had to do it. People were depending on me. And if I didn't get my job done right and if I didn't get the contract signed, like we literally didn't have a product to put out that month. So I worked very closely with um, both Stephen Simon and Anna Dara, who was um, who is the director of acquisitions and just, you know, a mega powerhouse in herself. I just absolutely adored working with her. And um, we just really worked to make sure that um, no film got held up because of the contracts, and that didn't mean being like a pushover with it, but just making sure that, that it got done and the filmmakers were extremely comfortable with us and, and our deal structure. So that to me, you know, still is probably the more of the most fulfilling thing because I got to be um, in a startup venture from the ground up. We built it up. We sold it to Guyam. And, you know, and through that we were able to produce Conversations with God, which is the film based on Neil Donald Walsh's series of books. 
um, which again, you know, I was the legal department. I handled every every bit of paperwork that had to be put in place for um, for that film to get to get produced. And that was again extremely challenging and extremely rewarding. That does sound exciting and rewarding. Can you talk a little bit more about conversations with God, not just the legal side, but just being a part of that project? Um, that had to be pretty exciting. What was what was that like to work with Neil, to work with Steve and Simon, and just to help be a part of that? You know, it was really amazing. It was just also like the whole spiritual cinema community and the people that I've met throughout my journey in in this space were working with on the project or with the project in one way or another. And just cutting back to what I was saying when I was younger, you know, I used to always set out that I was going to meet Steven Spielberg. And when I met Steven Simon and saw it was like this still had the SS and he was still Steven, like for me it was like that that's close enough. So, you know, I always I always followed my my guidepost and coming into that project and just seeing everybody on set, in action, doing doing their jobs, putting this film together, working at all hours of the day or, or night. It was just, it was so fun and just so alive, and you really saw, like, the manifestation of what we were talking about for so long um, and what we were helping supporting other filmmakers do. So that, for me, was just an invaluable experience. I mean, my, home, my family um, flew out to Oregon, and we were all in the set. My dad had a role in the film. Um, my mom and I were extras. My husband was an extra. Um, and the funny part about that is that my, my dad, who was actually hired for the film, yeah, and the, and the rest of us were kind of walk-ons just as extra. My dad's scene actually got cut from the film. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and the rest of us got in. So it's something that my dad will never let Stephen forget. I mean, Stephen has kind of become part of our our family, and it's something my dad will never let Stephen forget. And what like we go around like boasting about. So it was just a really, really fun, fun thing to experience, and also to see Stephen in action. You know, I hadn't seen him. Um, I mean, I saw him on set with with Indigo, but this, I mean, this he had a huge, huge responsibility with with conversations with God. And um, you know, watching him in action was just you know again such a such a learning experience for me. Yeah, I bet that would be so. That sounds so much fun. He's he's a genius, a pioneer when it comes to spiritual cinema, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, yeah, we we call him the Godfather of spiritual cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I love I love these movies, What Dreams May Come, and uh, yeah. Spiritual cinema circle. Well, well, what's what's funny about those movies was I've never seen them before I met him. So, what dreams may come somewhere in time? I've never, I never seen them. I, I've heard of what dreams may come, um, but I never saw it. The only, the only film of his I really have seen before I met him was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh. So. <laughs> classic favorites. <laughs> it's fun to really. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for anyone who wants to work uh, with spiritual entertainment, whether that might be a writer or a filmmaker or a lawyer or a promoter? Um, is to do it, is to find your tribe and the people you're comfortable working with and, and to do it. 
the hardest thing um, that we're finding just in the landscape of, of the entertainment industry is carving out the space and figuring out the distribution channels to showcase to really showcase these films and get it um, into more of a critical mass. You know, I, I still don't. I mean, we've had a few breakthroughs just in the genre. I mean, The Secret being a mega one, with The Bleep being a mega, you know, another mega major breakthrough, but it's still not fully on the mass, you know, just the mass majority's radar of, um, you know, searching out these films. So, you know, the films still need to get made. The business structure to help the, the distribution channels still need to have more attention and built, you know, be built up. Um, and, you know, we're working to, to figure all that out as well. You know, Spiritual Cinema Circle is, is one one small part of that. Yeah, well, that's it's exciting to sort of see um, movies like The Secret and What the Bleep make a impact and gather some in- attention and always on the lookout for movies like those. Right, um, and and part of you know what I do also now. I mean, I don't handle like the day to day stuff in the circle um, since it was acquired by by Gaim. You know, I'm still an equity partner, but now you know my practice is really my current entertainment law practice has really been to work with um, filmmakers who have produced their film and try to secure a distribution for it. And, um, you know, that to me is intensely gratifying to, to be able to stand behind and really champion the films, as well as, you know, I work with up-and-coming social entrepreneurs to try and put different business models together to really affect the whole landscape of the um, entertainment medium and as well as to really put forth causes that, you know, my clients feel are important and that I feel are important into, you know, the mass consciousness. Oh, that's great. If somebody's interested in working with you or just trying to get a hold of you to bounce some ideas off, do you have a website or what's the best way? The the best, you can reach me either um, on LinkedIn my pro- my profile is up there under Cynthia Littman. They can also email me. My email address is Cynthia at Littman, com. And I'm also on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter um, at Cintweet. Oh, that's great. Um, well, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Closing remarks. You know, I just... I just feel that we're moving into such a critical time where everything we do needs to be in alignment. And for me, I know that that space is within the spiritual cinema medium as well as working with social entrepreneurs and also, you know, the other, the other third part that I, that I do is working, um, in the parenting space, you know, I'm, I'm now, I've come a long way since the, the startup days of the spiritual cinema circle, and I'm now a mom with two kids, and, um, you know, I'm working in that space of really bringing out awareness with my, my blog and radio show called Mama's Pearls um, about staying connected with your family and those that you love and passing down, like, the wisdom and me- memories from your parents. And I feel like when we when we stay true to to where we are and what our purpose is, 
you know, everything else will will unfold even if you don't know exactly what it is. So for the aspiring filmmakers that that are your are your listeners and the readers of your blog who want to play in the space and not sure how, figure out how to do it. Go out and, and meet the people. We are all around. And um, put your passion projects in action and just follow your heart. That sounds perfect. It sounds like great advice. Um, like I said, Cynthia, we're so happy that you could make it here with us today, and uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, much, Matt. And again, I really, I really just appreciate where you're coming from in this space, and just being really open to setting and and holding the space for for spiritual media. And I'm just so grateful to have crossed paths with you, and to I'm excited to see where where your career is going to take you. Oh, thank you. It's been, I feel You're welcome. I'm really glad. glad I got to meet you too. Um, all right. Well, we'll just leave our listeners with that, and um, thank everyone for being here with us today. Thank you.